Hey, hey, what's going on, everybody? This is Shay coming back at you with another episode of the Emmaus Proposition. Uh, it is really good to be with y'all. I'm glad y'all could tune in. Uh, come and check out what we're talking about this week. Uh, this week, I have my very special friend, um, one third of the infamous Drinklings, mm-hmm. um, a published author, famous, famous, wealthy, wealthy, <laughs> published author. Um, con- fellow content creator, um, rocker, <laughs> punk rocker, <laughs> punk rocker, uh, podcaster, podcaster, the famous podcast that you've been plugging for so long is uh, <laughs> that's our podcast. Yeah, yeah. This is my friend Sean, and so uh, if you guys see down in the description, I've been uh, description. I've been plugging his podcast um, for. A few months now, just because we roll tight like that. So, yeah, thank uh, you, all twelve listeners around the globe. <laughs> and uh, Sean was was gracious enough to stop by uh, for the episode of the Emmaus Proposition. Uh, Sean is not used to being on camera because you know they over there. Uh, what, audio, what, audio, audio only. <laughs> yeah, we have faces for radio. <laughs> So they're doing their thing over there on Tales from the Ditch, and uh, man, it's it's uh, super entertaining, and uh, and it's real, man. So it's cool. Y'all should go, y'all should go check it out. Uh, Sean came over. We had some tacos. Mm. Uh, we chased off a yellow jacket, and so we are <laughs> we are knee deep right now uh, of of the fun. So um, yeah, so glad y'all could stop through. Uh, like normal here on the Emmaus Proposition, man, we take anything, absolutely anything, from from culture, from music. Um, I haven't done politics yet, but we can even take politics. Anything in all creation ultimately screams Christ. And that's what we want to do here. We want to exercise our lives in a way where we're glorifying Christ with with every thought. We're taking, we're taking every thought captive and giving it to Christ. And... Um, Tonight, I didn't come with the subject because uh, I told Sean, uh, come with any subject you want to come with. And he said, uh, Cowboy Bebop. Um, what else was it? Cowboy Bebop. I can't remember what I told you. It was a big <laughs> list. It was a big I list. I would love to talk about Cowboy Bebop. Yep. Final Fantasy. Yep, Final Fantasy. The, the video game or the movie? Mostly the video game. Okay. But to be fair, I think the other member of the Drinklings, Seth, would be a better one to talk about Final Fantasy. And a lot of the things I'm also passionate about, and he's just a bigger, bigger expert. Yep. Comics, Marvel, things like that. Yep. Seth is the guy, and I'm just kind of playing second or fourth fiddle. <laughs> and Tony, too. Tony's another cat that we want to try to get on here yeah. to talk some Marvel and some DC stuff, comic yep. book type stuff. Um, Tony is convinced... He's absolutely convinced that this new phase of Marvel is going to be. Um, I told him it was going to be A Force. Mm. Uh, he thinks it's going to be. Um, I think he said the Dark Avengers. And uh, so, I could we, see that. we have a we have a bet going on right now where Marvel's going to fail next. <laughs> <laughs> I so I just watched. We could call back to other things, right? Mm-hmm. I just listened to the episode you did. You talked about the multiverse of madness. Yeah. Which uh, ultimately I enjoyed. It was good to see Sam Raimi being Sam Raimi again. 
um, and not being Spider-Man 3. Um, it was dark, man. It was very dark. It was dark. Is Which that Sam Brady? Yeah, it? he's very good at Evil Dead 2. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Army of Darkness, those types of things. Yep. And so, Which makes sense because Ash was in there. Of course, of he course. always is. Yeah. And and you see like the weird camera movements. That's all. That's gotcha. so Sam Raimi. So it was really cool to see that. Um, but the interesting thing is I, I agreed with what you were saying, with what you've been saying consistently about the way that Disney has um, <clears throat> influenced Marvel and Star Wars. Mm -hmm. um, so like, um, and the weird thing is they haven't necessarily made it more Disney-ish, which is what we were all worried was going to happen. Right. It was going to be like less offensive, less violent. And they haven't done that at all, but they've added more of the woke culture stuff. For sure. Which I agree with. And one of the things I'm thinking of through listening to and considering this Emmaus proposition has been, well, first of all, like, of course, a company like Disney there for money they've never mm. been there for family values they've been there for money the whole time you think of the whole time i'm pretty even sure when, even when walt was alive you think they were just about the money i think that i think that walt um had a vision mm -hmm. and and half of it was like cool things that he wanted to see and the other half was 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 making money because i think that uh the family values aspect of disney was something that the that fans came up with. I don't think that was ever the goal of mm. Disney. Um, and so, yeah. And, and you know, there's like a lot of stuff about Walt Disney that I don't want to know that I do. And, and <laughs> it makes me wonder, you know, what his, his real true goals were. Anyways, all that being said, the, these creators are seldom, if ever people informed by a, a life of following Jesus. Mm. Mm -hmm. And so of course they're going to have that. Mm -hmm. yeah. You know what I mean? No it's doubt. like, it's like, I wouldn't expect them to, to just for the sake of me and this kind of small group of people who's really offended by things. I wouldn't expect them to change anything. I mean, I wish they would, mm -hmm. but I don't expect them to. So of course they do that. But the cool thing about the Emmaus proposition is like within all of these things, and like you said, it could be anything, but media specifically, it's like all art and media is like explaining a reality or trying to explain why reality. Sure. You know, trying to explain why things suck or why things are great or what is cool, what is awesome, what is terrible. That's all art. And so, of course, it's going to have elements of, uh, of brokenness mm -hmm. or elements of that. And I, and I don't know that necessarily, like, that's something I would never expect Disney to do. And because of that, I think as a Christian, there's a possibility that you can, like, that anybody can see 
what the art is trying to expose. Sure. The, the messaging behind the art. Yeah, and so it's like you can go to the most, you know what I mean, like the most subversive, brainwashing, you know, making a Pixar movie and sneaking in, you know, <laughs> lesbian kisses or whatever it is, like Buzz Lightyear, and yeah, people yeah. are up in arms about that. Yeah. You go to that director, you know, that's got pink hair and they directed The Power of the Dog or whatever it is, yeah. and you or can red, say... Red Panda talking about a girl getting her The period. Red Panda, yeah, you can... Yeah. That stuff that bothers you so much, yep. you can go to that person and you can go, hey, like, wasn't a big fan, but, man, I see where you were going with this. Mm. And that's, like, something we share as humans. Uh, and I see, like, when where you wanted to show somebody being represented that you feel like has been oppressed, mm. um, whether or not I agree with you in that, like, that's a desire that our our Lord and Savior has. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Um, and so that's what I think is so cool about Amaya's proposition is that there is that walking down the road to Emmaus, Jesus is like just telling stories. He's like, "Hey, there was this story, and it wasn't necessarily like everything's cool." Yeah, and here's how um, nothing ever went wrong. Mm -hmm. It's like. There was this guy, and he did this thing, and for some reason, he killed a lion and ate honey out of it, and he was a horrible dude. Yeah. And but it's about me. Yeah. It's telling the story. It's paving the way for me, and I'm just like, that is so incredible. And in a way, and I'm not saying we're called to do this as Christians, but I'm saying that we have the liberty to be able to say, "Hey, like, I see. I mean, not everything, obviously." There's some things that are probably not worth um, trying to find uh, truths of Christ in. Obviously, well, I, I think you can. I think you can balance out type and anti-type with mm -hmm. almost everything. Mm -hmm. And so, um, like, you could, if Jesus was walking down the road to Emmaus, like, I'm using my imagination. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> you could almost uh, anti-type uh, Pharaoh. Yeah. Against Christ, yeah, where, totally. where Pharaoh was trying to retain the people, Christ came to set the captives free, and so there's totally. that type anti-type um, Nebuchadnezzar, mm -hmm. uh, all those kind of guys. Um, one that was probably the roughest episode that I think I've ever done, really, because I was at the, uh, <laughs> I was, I wanted to be outside, and so I went to the. Uh, GSR parking lot, mm -hmm. and uh, I'm like, I think this is a, a secluded spot, and so I'm out there, and planes it's the most of planes are flying over, people are walking by, <laughs> like laughing, yeah. uh, cars are driving by, uh, yeah. dump trucks, I'm like, why would a dump truck be passing through here yeah. today? <laughs> of course. And uh, I, couldn't, I couldn't get my rhythm, um, because I, I think there was a lot to unpack, mm -hmm. um, because Disney... I, so I think Disney is, I, I actually think Disney did have some values about it at first. Mm, so, okay. um, like they, they put out Joseph field of, um, uh, field of dreams, field of dreams. Was that? No. Technicolor dream coat. <laughs> what? Isn't that a thing? <laughs> it was, it was, uh, they put out the story of Joseph. Um, Disney did? Yeah. They put out the know. story of, I want to say Moses. That the king, the 
Prince of Egypt. I Prince think. of Egypt. I think that That's was Dreams Wor- DreamWorks. That was before DreamWorks was a thing. I think that was Disney. Really? Maybe it was Dream. Maybe I'm it wrong. It might have been. I'm okay with being wrong. Either yeah. way, I think I think um, at a certain point, even if you know all of us are tainted by yeah by the, the wilds of sin, but I think like to a degree, I think I don't think Walt would have wanted the uh, the staff walking out. For a great for a gay pride parade, no. kind of thing. Or, yeah, or I'm certain Walt wouldn't have wanted that. picketing the the Florida governor because the Florida state legislator didn't want to teach mass sex ed to oh. to kindergartners. I don't, yeah. I don't think they would have wanted them walking out for that. Absolutely, I think Walt was incredibly traditional. Mm-hmm. I mean, but it was a traditional time too. So yeah, you know, take that into account. But I just I. Uh, I, yeah, and I'm, not to say that um, I think the direction anybody's heading is right, because unless you're me, you're doing it wrong, right? <laughs> but, because um, I have all the answers for how yeah. Marvel and Disney. But that's why you have a podcast, <laughs> so you can give all of the secrets. But I do think that, like, traditional values, even, you know, traditional Americana values without Christ are just as bunk as anything else. Yeah. They just sure. maybe happen to be have a little less um, effect on society at the moment. Yeah, but I don't know that they're anyone's good. But anyways, all that being said, is I think that it's it's like I loved listening to it and I loved just thinking about it because um, the cool thing is is that. There are things, not only redeemable things, but also just like things. Then you talked about some of the things in Multiverse of Madness that are like things that we can say, well, you know, obviously like the the result of this was like misplaced, especially like (laughs) the return of the, or what's the second Star Wars called? I can't even remember it. Rian Johnson's nightmare. Oh gosh, I, I don't um, even like to bring that up. But yeah, I know what you're talking. So about. like, yeah, this is bad. But here are, if there is anything, is his name Rian? I thought it was Ryan. Is maybe it? it's Ryan. I don't know. He, he fancy, would be a, a fancy spell. <laughs> but like, there maybe there's some cool things that we can say. Hey, these are cool, and some things that we can laugh about and say. Ultimately, like, I didn't enjoy this film, but. The things about it that I did enjoy were things that pointed me to Christ. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I think there are more opportunities to do that than all of us find in any one situation, especially like me, the edgelords who want to criticize everything and say why they're doing it wrong and why they do this. Like, I feel like uh, your podcast is, or vodcast, whatever you want to call it. Both. It's Your both. content has been yep. encouraging me to look more for how I can see that this entire story is about Christ. Even like the entire story of me in 2022 mm. seeing a movie. Mm-hmm. Um, or me in 1990 seeing a movie. Is this is what this I decided the, I, the I wanted to talk about. This is the transition. So... If you're willing, I, I want to talk about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. The the original, probably I would say the best. I think so. Cart film, film, not the cartoon. Yeah, the 1990 film. Ooh, 
Um, when's the with, last time you saw with, that? With Bebop and Rocksteady? No, 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 no. No, the, the live action film. Yeah. Uh, was that no two? Bebop and Rocksteady. Bebop and Rocksteady. Oh, Tonka and Razor came in Secret of the Ooze, the second Ninja Turtles. And then Bebop and Rocksteady came like in the 2000s. Oh, okay, 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 okay. Which right. was a so bummer. The like, first, first one. They ref- they couldn't get the rights or something, so they're like, we'll make our own oh. bumbling <laughs> thugs. So the very first one was 1990. The cartoon had been out for a minute, which I was a huge fan of, Saturday morning. Breakfast Club, like Slug and Murs and whoever else did that song. And then previous to that, the comic book had came out. The comic book was incredibly dark. Uh, um, the comic was kind of a parody reaction to Marvel street-level heroes like Daredevil. Uh, so in oh, that in Daredevil, cool. they had the hand. Yeah. And in the Turtles, they had the foot. Yeah. Yeah. So it was like all big kind of a joke. But the comic was pretty violent, and it was like the only place you'll see Leonardo actually stabbing people with his swords, right? Oh, snap. Um, when they finally got the cartoon going, they were like, we can't have Saturday morning cartoons like blood. So they made the foot into robots, oh, if you remember. yeah. But this movie came out, I think, a couple years or maybe even less than a year after the cartoon came out. And I was just hooked on it as a young kid. I don't know how old I was, seven or eight. And you were... You were eight in 1990? I think so, or maybe seven. Dang, I'm old. I can't do the math. That, but... that just revealed myself. Yeah, but please, cheers. cheers. Yeah. Not, not that much older. Hey, water, it's... cheers. Water, cheers. <laughs> and my parents didn't do a lot of good things for me or, to, or with me, but one thing that they did right was they. I remember them taking me to this movie we went to the, um, I can't remember what the theater chain was called, but it was by the Pepper Mill in Reno, Nevada. They had these low-laying domes. It's since been uh, demolished. Oh, is that where they're putting, that was, um, Park. was it Park Lane? No, no, no. Down the road from Park Lane across the street, a long time ago, they used um, to have these weird domes, and inside the domes were theaters. Oh. And okay. it was, uh, it was like really the only theater in town for a while or the closest theater in town for a while and and i remember my parents took me to it which god bless them and i saw that movie and i was like this is incredible as a seven-year-old eight-year-old kid see i just remember ninja turtle cartoon there was the cartoon you've never seen the movie i don't i don't remember the movie so i Oh, I'm more. I think I'm more drawn to the cartoon. But the cartoon, I mean, to be fair, great. when the cartoon was coming out, I was a little bit older. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, um, how old were you in 1990? In 1990, I was 12. Okay, in 1990, that's still acceptable. Yeah, yeah, age yeah, yeah. 78. Yeah, that sounds right. That's public school me. math. Yeah. Um, so the cartoon. I mean. Granted, like I, I grew up with this guy. Mm, yeah, yep. you know what I mean. So, yep. like, I'm, I'm an '80s cartoon. Me kid, too. So, um, He-Man, Voltron, Mask, Trans- Tiger Trans- Sharks, uh, Silverhawks, Thundercats, Thundercats. Yep. Um, I'm with you. All those guys. Uh, uh, what was his name? Thundar, uh, the Barbarian. Yeah. Um, Space Ghost. We call you the Toonami Generation. <laughs> 
<laughs> boomerang. I'm the, the boomerang. greatest generation. <laughs> the greatest generation. <laughs> the greatest cartoon generation. Yeah. Um, so, like, the Ninja Turtle cartoon was awesome. And so, but at, at 12, when the movie was coming out, I don't think I really paid attention yeah. to the Ninja Turtle movie. Super Dang, hard. Man. So I got it. Well, shoot. We should tell have me about it. viewing first. I will we tell you all viewing. about it. And now maybe I can give you so, a better perspective. Spoiler alert. If you haven't seen the Ninja Turtle movie, we're about Stop. to ruin it for you. <laughs> Stop and see it right now because it is so worth it. Yeah, yeah. So, gosh, man. I'm... Another yellow jacket. Someone gets stung. So sorry for the weird break. Uh, the the yellow jacket came back for Sean, and we had my wife uh, had to go rescue both Sean and my son. They could from smell the yellow. It. Could smell me. Yeah. <laughs> nah, I wasn't touching it. Christina had to get it. Yeah, yeah. All right, so okay. Well, let me set the scene for the you scene. on this Ninja Turtles thing, Do it. and this might be incredibly foreign now that I know that you can't remember it or haven't seen it. I'm probably gonna remember once you start describing it. it. Um, okay, so you open essentially. I, I wish I wish I should make it. Just put the plot down. You open in New York City, right? Of course, there's a crime wave going on, right? April O'Neil is reporting on the crime wave, and I think other reporters, and they're saying, oh my gosh, the, the theft is getting out of hand here in, uh, in New York City, more than usual. Yeah, yeah. And they just show New York City, and it looks like normal, crummy New York City, a place you that smells. You know what's cool, though? Huh. I, I love going back to old movies where they show New York City, and it's the Twin Towers. Oh, yeah. And so, yeah, and they're still there. They're still there. Yeah. I don't. I wonder. I think you maybe get a view. Yeah. In the opening, they shot. usually do the skyline. Yep. You can see him there. Um. And so then you see this kind of behind the scenes action of the Foot Clan. You see some guys who are just like juvenile delinquent kids. That's right. Stealing stuff. Maybe you remember it. Was Casey Jones in this one? Yes. 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 Okay. And it was the best Casey. Yeah. Jones. Yeah. He was really good. They Casey did him Jones. dirty in other ones, but this yeah, one was true. good. Yep. And, yeah, you see all these guys stealing stuff, and then you see all of a sudden there's guys with, like, uh, the gi on mm. and masks on stealing stuff. And then you see, I think you see a shredder hand, you know what I mean? Uh -huh. And all that kind of stuff, and you go, oh, dang. And you're a little kid, you go, oh, dang. And the music is, like, super cool. It's like, boom, 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 boom. And it's like back when like they cared about soundtracks, where yeah. stuff had a theme, you yeah, know what yeah. I mean? Like the music actually told a story. Yeah, yeah. yeah and it was like sure. every every character, like you would hear the theme and then there's that character and stuff. It was so cool. It was just really good. And then um and then I I, I you see April O'Neill and she's like causing problems for everybody she's causing problems for the chief of police she's causing problems for the foot clan because she's just doing her journalistic right, duty. right yeah back when journalists actually had a duty that they were supposed to do instead of just like and then uh and then it's super cool and then april o'neill's like coming out of her news place that they make news and she gets attacked by the foot clan right because they're like uh they don't they want to silence her yeah, yeah. because she's causing problems yeah and then you see sewer grate kind of go up, and you see the turtles peeking out. Connie can't really see them yet. And then you see a 
Raphael throws a sigh, breaks the glass of the light. Yeah. All of a sudden it goes dark and you just hear, and there's all this awesome ninja sounds. The sound effects, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? And then the light still goes like on. A, still like a, like a, a hangover from, a uh, hangover, whatever. A hangover from uh, like the old 70s. Absolutely. Yes, actually, the the one of the production companies, Ninja, TMNT from 1990, was the largest grossing independent film of ever wow. until the Blair Witch came out. Wow. Yeah, for a really long time, it was comp- hmm. nobody wanted to do it because they had Howard the Duck was a complete failure. I loved it, but. Nobody it didn't went do to well see in the movies, yeah. really. And even like Masters of the Universe, that and, that stunk. Yeah, a lot of people just like that were stunk. like, "We're not doing this comic book movie." So it yeah. was an independent movie, and they raised all those funds and made this movie, which was incredible because they got a really good cast, and Jim Henson did the puppets and all that stuff. Yeah. So yes, it was. Oh, and part of the independent funding came from uh, the company. Um, that I can't remember the name of. It was like Golden something. And they are, um, they're the ones who brought Bruce Lee to the United States. Oh, wow. Um, it's a Hong Kong based company. And they basically said, Hey, we're going to fund stuff from here over there. Enter the dragon, things like that. Yeah. Super cool. Right. So when they were like, Hey, we're going to throw some resources your way, you know, it was legit because it's Bruce Lee. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, so anyways, it was incredible. Uh, and you hear all that exactly, yeah, you yeah. know, and things like that. And the kick sound is like, <laughs> yeah. And all that is great. And then you see the sewer grate go away and the turtles go away mm-hmm. and the light comes back on somehow. And the cops show up somehow and they're like the foot clan are tied up and she's just standing there. She's just like, what happened? And then, and she finds the sigh and she oh. puts it in her purse. She goes, What's this? And this was That's the guy's. Right. Yeah, you yeah. remember I'm starting, it. I'm okay. starting to remember it. Yeah, yeah. And then yeah. soundtrack changes, right? Because that was dark and gritty. And then the soundtrack changed. The whole movie, though, is like very dark. Yeah. Not dark like Justice League, dark, angry Batman. I gotta, but I gotta like, ask you about that. Like dark in a lot of shadows. <clears throat> yeah. A lot of nighttime sewers, obviously, and stuff like yeah. that. It's like a noir movie, yeah. really. Yeah. What do you got to ask about? No, that? I mean, because, I mean, you brought up Justice League, and uh, like it's, it made me think of, like, so, DC is trying to catch up to Marvel. Like, I, I think yeah, they're trying hard. They're trying hard. I think they, I think they were winning, because basically CW was like, you could go to the CW and have a DC show. Like, yeah, they, they were yeah. just, they almost had, like, exclusive rights over there, right? <laughs> yeah. And, um... So they were doing well up until a certain point with the DC shows, and then they start doing all the woke stuff and mm, yeah, all that. It, it got it got to garbage. I'm sorry. I, I, there's no other way I could put that. I um, agree. But um, they weren't doing as well with the movies, and so yes, um, Batman v Superman, I think was one of the corniest things because I mean I because I grew up with Christopher Reeves. Batman, yeah, or I'm sorry, Superman, um, who could who could fly around the the Earth and yeah, reverse the trajectory and and turn back time. Yeah, so there was some awesomeness there. Yeah, um, Red, rescuing Richard Pryor, like I, you know, just just <laughs> yeah, good Superman, yeah. right? Yeah, and um, 
this Superman, I thought they picked a good Superman. Like I, I Man of Steel was good. like, which one was Man of Steel? That was just Superman movie where they introduced that Superman. Yes, Kevin yeah. Costner and this Diana. Superman. Like when they did, um, what was it? Was it Man of Steel? I think where so. Superman had kids. Oh no! That was re- Superman Returns. Superman Returns. Superman yeah. Returns was garbage. Yes, it was garbage. They <clears throat> that was right before TMNT, and that's a, probably another reason they're like, we're not doing another comic book movie. Superman Returns. I'm talking. Oh about, no! Yeah, no, not I'm thinking 90s. of Quest for Peace. You're talking about Superman Returns, where he cries, and it's like really hard <laughs> tears. And they're like these tears. Sorry, are, like he has, like he terrible. had a kid out of wedlock with uh, with Lois Lane, and I'm like, that's that's crazy. Why why are they doing this? And yeah, so Batman be Superman. Though I liked, I, I like who they cast. It's Mark uh, Henry Cavill. Cavill. Yep. I like who they cast for, as far as that. Yeah, I don't like Ben Affleck. You don't like Batfleck? I, I don't. I don't like Batfleck. <laughs> but. Um, just because you share your mother's first name, I know, doesn't mean I have to stop from killing. Like it, there was, I wrote a haiku about. He that. was like right in the next building and just couldn't get over there to go save his mom. There was just like a bat or yeah, Batman is is mad at Superman because people died in the city, but then he goes and blows up the city. Yeah, it yeah. was like, come on, like it, it was it was a lot. And he's like Martha. What'd you say? What'd you say? Oh, we. Talking. That was my mommy's name. So yeah. there's that. There's all that, right? I didn't. Rough. I didn't. I didn't care for it. It was. It was rough. Um, Doomsday bad too. I did not like the way they did Doomsday. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Um, Justice League came along, and I thought they rushed it mm-hmm. because what Marvel did well, they developed characters for like I want to say like ten years before they brought them together. Yeah, whole phases, and um, they just they rushed it together, which would have which would have been okay. Um, but they spent no time character developing like Cyborg, um, (coughs) Ezra Miller's, uh, Flash, I thought was okay at first. Not even as good as the CW Flash. I'd like the CW Flash better, for sure. I I think they could have done what Marvel ended up doing is like combining those universes. Wouldn't that be cool? I think that would be sweet. I wish I would do that. I think that would be sweet. And I think you're right. They... They said, how can we compete with Marvel? And it's like, let's just make it darker and grittier. Yeah. Because people like that. Because people like Deadpool. And it's like, you kind of missed the... You missed why they like Deadpool. Exactly. What? Okay. We're, we're kind of jumping a little I, bit. I okay. Know, Sweet. Love it. Why do you think... Well, I know why I like Deadpool. Mm-hmm. Why do you think people gravitated to Marvel's first R-rated movie? One, it was a response to Deadpool's showing up in Wolverine Origins, right? And them saying, "Hey, you know the things that are that we like about Deadpool? Let's get rid of those things and let's do our own vision." And that's what I don't like. The directors or writers or whoever producers do, they say, "Hey, this franchise that's been loved Uh for fifty, sixty, eighty years." Let's just steal from it a little bit and do our own thing. And yeah. I'm like, don't do that. And so they did that with Deadpool. But 
when that was coming out before anybody saw it, people go, Ryan Reynolds, Deadpool, that awesome. makes sense. Yeah, yeah. And so I think they wanted to see a little vindication from that. The other reason is there's – this is, in my opinion, hard for me to explain, but there's – with Deadpool even, which was absurd and raunchy and filthy and beautiful, <laughs> it was – there was heart. Yeah, for sure it. there was. Even in even in Deadpool, which was so – sarcastic and so cynical there was this element of heart that i feel like is missing from the dc darkness yeah yes i can see that and so dc darkness universe is like let's show how how gritty stuff can be um and it's like we already have garth ennis and all these people that are doing that you don't need to try to do it yourself but what's cool about the marvel universe even when the marvel universe has gotten a little dark is they go, we want to show darkness, we want you to feel it, mm-hmm. but we want it to be contrasting. Mm-hmm. Contrasting yeah. with the light. I I am not a comic book person. Like I I was never into comics. And so I know I know a lot of those films are based on a response to comic books. Or at least try to yeah. like adapt it in some kind of way. Yeah. Um but I I for some reason enjoy people breaking the fourth wall mm. in almost every almost every film genre uh, genre that i've seen yeah that's my favorite part of the movie <laughs> like so uh blazing saddles which yeah best western all time <laughs> the best western of all time i i could see that uh, <laughs> what are white women at <laughs> it's just anyway i um, can't quote it either <laughs> not right now <laughs> um when he breaks the fourth wall, yeah, it is it is uh, it is Mel Brooks on a genius level mm. um, because it, it also happened in Spaceballs. Yeah, they broke the fourth wall in Spaceballs, oh, yeah. and um, they were talking about I think they were talking about the Schwartz or something like that. And they, yeah, and they broke the fourth wall, and I'm like, oh, it's classic. Like Love it, that part in in comedies when they'll just kind of um, it was uh, Jumanji when the little kid. Um, uh, he's running out the house. He had already turned. He was turning into a monkey, so he had the tail, he had the ears, and everything. And he runs out of the house, and he forgets something or something like that. And he breaks the fourth wall, like he looks at the oh, camera. Oh yeah, I remember. I'm like, it, it's the it's the best part of a movie for me. And so, like, Deadpool <laughs> was like, all that is wall? his thing. He's like all fourth wall in the comic in the comics. Too. Yeah, absolutely. And so, I was when I watched the first one, I'm like, I wish they had done a little bit more because yeah. like that was, that was Deadpool's thing. He was almost like talking to the reader yeah. throughout the comic. From what I understand, I had, like I said, I didn't read it, but, um, that's why I love, I love Deadpool. And so, so good. Um, but so DC is trying to catch up to Marvel. They're not doing a good job. Uh, they come out with justice league. It wasn't great. Mm. Um, they do the, um, Zack Snyder release and add another feels yeah. like another hour onto it. Yeah, which a lot of people said fixed it. I didn't think so. Oh, okay. I I tried to watch it. I got like a quarter of the way through it and gave up. Yeah. Um, and then we had a bunch of like one offs. So we had like Aquaman. Mm-hmm. We had uh, Suicide Squad. 
uh, one and two. And then um, they even one-offed it with Joker, which I didn't see. I don't know if you saw Joker. The, yeah, the art house the one. Joaquin yeah. Phoenix one. Yeah, I, saw I thought that was interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, interesting concept that they they would have a movie in the middle of them trying to build a universe. <laughs> yeah. With, and they would just kind of one-off it yeah, for exactly. some strange reason. They more Jokers than we have Spider-Man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then um, we have, um, what's the latest one? They just did the, the latest Batman with yeah. Robert Pattinson. Yeah, yeah. Did you see that one? Yeah, it was all right. Was it all right? I heard it was better than... I heard he did a good job. Like It was like it. one of those noir... It was very noir. It was kind of more violent. Mm-hmm. And it was a more believable... I don't know if it was a more believable Batman. But it was a more believable um, Bruce Wayne bratty kid that decides to become a vigilante because he's rich. Gotcha. Because I was like, oh, I can see that. You know, gotcha, I, mean? gotcha. I understand that now. Uh, compared to before when it was like uh, Bruce Wayne's kind of this like noble guy and he's just trying to do the best he can even though he's a bratty rich kid. And he just ends up on the right side and sacrifices, learns somehow through being rich to sacrifice all the time because his dad was a good guy or whatever. And although those Christopher Nolan movies are by far my favorite um, I do think the Robert Pattinson, um, Bruce Wayne, early Batman was more was was pretty believable. That's somehow, cool. When I didn't think I would, I can't get past um, uh, Christian Bale's Batman. Like I, I feel like he his voice his his voice did well, even though like so the uh, the college humor. Uh, oh yeah, <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> those are those are really good. Yes, that um, was but uh, by far the best Joker um, was um, what's his name that died? Oh, Heath Ledger. Heath Ledger, a hundred percent, hundred percent. He he made that. Film. He, he and so he's. I would say he did better than Jack Nicholson. Oh, and Jack oh. Nicholson's was great. Like yeah. he was, he was a crazy person. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah, Heath Ledger was incredible in that movie. I Maybe thought to my, yeah, yeah. my boy from Australia. <laughs> um, so, we've got Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles mm. comic book. Yes. We've got uh, DC and Marvel comic books. Um, what do you think is the is the gospel theme with a dark-toned comic book series. Because mm. I would even say He-Man was a dark comic. Yeah. Because I, I want to say uh, what Dark Horse did, He-Man, what would you say the gospel tie is to some of those dark themes? Mm. Good, solid question. With, I mean, I think they all maybe, each of them have kind of an individual bent to the way the gospel can be displayed through them. But tying all dark comics together, go I with, think there's a... Go with t- uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, since that was the one you came with. 
Well, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, I think it was dark. I think it was a little gritty. I think parents probably got freaked out. I think mm. my parents were probably like, what are we watching here? <laughs> what Raphael, you eight the turtle says, damn. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> and it was like a big deal. And one of them was like flirting with April, weren't they? Like they were trying they to were like all, get down a little bit. They were all, yeah. But Casey Jones ended up sealing, oh, yeah, yeah. sealing that yeah, deal, yeah. I think. Uh, it's the mask. Yeah, he was the ultimate in that movie. Elias Cotias, or I don't know how you say his name. He's like an incredible actor. Play Casey Jones. He's like, he was on um, Oz that show. He's been in a uh, bunch of stuff. I have to go back and look. Thin out. Red Line. I don't remember what. He's an incredible actor. Anyways, with the turtles, my main proposition would be that. That film, the 1990s film, is about community, mm. about the importance of community, and which I know that you've already discussed at length with Tony, and it's and it's, Jenny. It's about father. Why do I do that? <laughs> and Christina. And Christina. <laughs> uh, I just. It's like when you. Such a uh, sexist. It's like when you call somebody the name of the movie. Like I remember. When we were kids, Seth and I used to call Bruce Willis Die Hard. Like, yeah. that was his name. <laughs> and then if we went to go see a band, the lead singer's name was that band. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you just assume the head of the household is the name. That's so sexist. I cannot do that anymore. You should probably edit that. I'm not editing it I mean, That's the third time. That's the third time I've said that, too. You t spoke about community a lot, but I don't yeah. think it's just about community. I think the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie is about the importance of community being submitted under the correct father. Mm. In that movie, and I, again, I, I don't know if you remember, but for anybody listening, there's there's really three dads in that movie. Mm -hmm. There's Splinter, yep, and Splinter saying like, "Hey." Uh, he goes, there's one important thing that you guys need to know. And they're not paying attention because they're goofballs and they're ordering pizza and stuff like that. And you miss it. And he, and he says, he, he says like, my sons, I need you to learn this final lesson. Like, I'm not going to be around forever. Uh -huh. And it's really good. And, and he's kind of like a spiritual father or almost even like a version of a heavenly father. You have Shredder, who's this pagan, satanic evil father who mm -hmm. masquerades as a as a good father but in the end is a bad father and then you have in the character there's this character named Danny and his dad who's April's boss mm. he's like an earthly father and he's just a sucky earthly father idiot and Danny's wearing Sid Vicious shirts and stealing wallets and Sid stuff like that vicious. he goes the Foot Clan do you remember the Foot Clan warehouse from this movie it was the coolest part about it except the one where they were like not that they were... It was almost like a Pinocchio theme. Yeah, yeah. Where they were like... They were skateboarding like and, stuff. and they yeah. had games and there was like... You could... Uh, there was like endless soda and cigarettes. Yeah. Sam Rockwell yep. was in there and he was like, do you want the regular or the menthol? Yeah. And it was super cool and you're like... You're like, yeah. actually, Shredder might be having some... You know, maybe he's not such a bad guy. Yeah. He's letting these kids have a good time and these kids were orphans. He... The, Shredder has this discussion. He says, he goes, hey, like, you're not accepted out there, but you're mm. accepted in here. Mm. He's, he's telling this, like, this big, weird coliseum. 
He's saying, you're not accepted in the world, but I accept you. Yeah. This is your family. I am your father. He literally says that. Yeah. That does play into the community conversation we had because we were talking about how um, the world has this acceptance sometimes that the church doesn't have. Like, we're, we're almost like, the world is almost like come as you are. Yeah. And the church is almost like change before you come. Yeah. And so there's this, I... Yeah, I can I can see that. I can see how um, <clears throat> I do. I do remember that part where um, Shredder had this charisma about him, mm, and yeah. he was he was he was offering something that um, a disciplined life could not. Yes, and so the the turtles were being asked to lead this disciplined life. Yeah, um, almost in seclusion. Definitely in seclusion. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you're living in a sewer. There's some seclusion there. But even even the um, even the ninja lifestyle, which is what yes. Splinter was going Very off of, because because he learned from his father, mm-hmm. um, this disciplined lifestyle, the messages um, that of Shredder, this disciplined lifestyle won't let you achieve everything you want to achieve. Yeah. Do you want to be? Do you want to fulfill those dreams? Right. Do you want to have whatever you want? Do you want to smoke menthol cigarettes when you're 12 years old? Yeah. This is this, this is, is the, the life. But, yeah. and he had this echelon, right? You had these kids who he'd send around to pickpocket. And then once they earn their stay or something, he says, do you want to be, do you want to join the Foot Clan? Mm-hmm. This upper echelon of society. And as it turns out, um... He's like a manipulative, uh, angry, fragile, vulnerable father mm. who, like, just like Satan, is is getting hooks in through pleasure. offering those delights, yeah, yeah. and not not only pleasure, respect, like Turkish delights, honor, Turkish delights, yeah, stuff like that. And uh, it's just, it's an incredible film, if you can ever see it. So eventually, Shredder captures Splinter Mm -hmm. and, like, tortures him and all of Mm -hmm. this stuff. And the turtles don't know what to do. Dude, the cinematography is so incredible in this film. It's like this gritty, low-budget look, but it's so good. It's so good. Watch it again. (laughs) I'm telling you, you'll, you'll be very impressed. There's a scene... Dude, so Raphael goes on the roof. He's he's mad because yeah. he's always the mad one. Yep. And he's punching it out like you do, you know, on yep. the roof, <laughs> doing ninja moves. And he gets jumped, and then right? He gets jumped yeah. by the foot. And yeah. then, like, he comes through the roof, and all of a sudden they're like, da da da. And it's like funny music, and they're doing all this stuff. And yeah. Mike's like, oh, fellow Chucker, huh? And it's all this cool stuff. But then it gets serious. They fall through the floor. The place catches on fire. It's like April's apartment. That's right. And, and, yeah. and then, the, then the Ninja Turtle fight music comes on, dude. And again, like I'm saying with this soundtrack, when I was, in, I was a young child in a band with Seth, we had a song called Ninja Turtle Fight Music. And it was that. It was the best we could do at that. And I was like, na 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 And it was so awesome. That's awesome. And uh, we... And anyways, it's badass. And then... They escape and they're driving away in the turtle van, and it's just like this 
thing and April O'Neil's watching her entire life burn up as yeah. they drive away and then they anyways my point is Splinter is gone they go to this far, they go to the wilderness essentially to kind of rest figure out what they're gonna do mm-hmm. Raph is in a coma mm-hmm. it's like tragic yeah they're crying April O'Neil's drawing stuff drawing turtles and and it's sad and it's like really sad and you're seeing like people cry and then Raph finally wakes up and something has changed and then the turtles go out around a campfire to meditate Mm -hmm. and Splinter almost empowers them in a very Pentecostal moment where I swear there was flaming tongues of fire on these on their turtle heads. chests. <laughs> on their chests. But maybe it was just oh, the man. campfire. But <laughs> after that point, they are unified. And here's here's like my mass proposition is this. This is John 13, 31 okay. through 35. Yep. When he had gone out, Jesus said, Now is the Son of Man glorified, and God is glorified in him. This is right before he's about to be crucified. Yeah. He says, if God is glorified in him, God will also glorify him in himself and glorify him at once. Little children, yet a little while while I am with you. You will seek me, and just as I said to the Jews, so now I also say to you, where I am going you cannot come. A new commandment I give you, that you love one another, just as I have loved you. You are also to love one another. And here's here's the main thing, but just to catch up to this point, the struggle through this movie has been the community, the ragtag community of the Ninja Turtles, April O'Neil, Danny, this Sid Vicious shirt-wearing kid, (laughs) and Casey Jones were not unified. Right. They were at each other's throats to the point where Raph almost died, got put yeah. in a coma. Yeah. And they're all fighting each other, and nobody's getting along and all of this stuff. And then Raph wakes up. They have this Pentecost experience. And then the last thing that Jesus says in 35 is, By this, all people will know that you are my disciples well, if you, if you have love for one another. Yeah. And it's like Christ is revealed through our love for one another, through our community. And what happens in that moment is Splinter comes back. They know he's alive. They don't have him, but they know he's out there because they're meditating or whatever. I don't know. And Leo was crying about it, and then they hugged, and it was super sad. But they're empowered with some kind of spirit that empowers Mm. them to have faith, to be regenerated, and to have a genuine honest, loving community within themselves, a community that's so strong that when they go up against the Foot Clan, they end up turning the Foot Clan over to themselves. The end of the movie, you see, I mean, there's this fight, awesome fight. Splinter says cowabunga, everything's cool. (laughs) Yeah. At the end of the movie, though, I remember that. Well, right before that, Casey Jones has this great speech, and it's such a short speech, and there's like, oh my gosh, I'm I got. I'm running out of time here, but <laughs> you got time. The Foot Clan is a a gang, high level gang, yeah, ninja gang, yeah, yeah, successful gang, yeah, with a cool hideout, cooler than the Warriors, cool cooler than Pinocchio, cooler outfits. 
but they're just a gang. And that thing that Shredder said about family, about brotherhood, is the same thing that gangs say to kids. I've had this experience directly. I was never a part of it, but I watched a lot of my friends wander into these situations where they were like, hey, we don't find this brotherhood. Uh-huh. We don't find this fatherhood uh-huh. or direction or unified purpose. And I know when I'm with my bros, even though we're doing terrible things, um, uh, this is my group. And, yeah. you know, straight edge kids or motorcycle clubs or whatever it is, that's the narrative. Sure. It's this brotherhood, right? Yeah. Um, and right before all of this stuff starts to go down, Casey Jones goes on this rescue mission to rescue Splinter mm. from the depths of the the hideout that they have and rescues him kind of converts Danny, the kid. And then he faces off with master Tetsu, I think was his name. And he's like shredders number two and, and they fight and he just uses this golf club and he's sneaky and, and Casey Jones is the the perfect character. Yeah. Anyways, it doesn't matter how he much I love character. Casey Jones. He's so good. But yeah. he says, he looks around the room, and there's all these Foot Clan that could overpower him. He's taking a limping splinter and some young kid that wears Sid Vicious shirts all the time throughout the whole movie and going to limp him out, and they're surrounded by Foot guys. Mm-hmm. And Casey Jones just doesn't back down once. He goes, this is your family? He goes, this? And he's just pointing. And he doesn't even have to say it. But he says it with words. Mm. He says to these kids, look around. Is this what you want? Is Mm -hmm. this the result? Is this the goal you're looking for? He's like conveying this. And the kids just kind of don't say anything. And then the fight happens. Shredder, all of that on the rooftop. But down on the street, Casey Jones is there waiting with a garbage truck to crush yeah. <laughs> Shredder. Yeah, yeah. But he tells That's he right. tells the kids, he goes, you need to go make this right. He goes, you are all a part of this. And so the Sam Rockwell, again, he, he squeals to the cops, rat that he is. <laughs> but he goes, hey, man, he sees what the turtles did. He sees how they loved Splinter yeah. instead of feared him. Yeah. He sees how they were unified. They were changed. The foot soldiers were changed by the presence of this unified true community based under the true father, the better father. And oh. he's, they tell the cops, they go, yeah, you might want to check out the warehouse, our hideout over there. Yeah. They turn and they turn because they saw what they really wanted was that love of a real father. Yeah. Dude. And Splinter says in the beginning of the movie, he says, there's one thing you guys need to learn. And I think it's that unity, but he never actually says it. He like tells Raphael a little bit. He goes, you need to, when I'm gone, you need to do this and stuff like that. And then later on, he goes, when he's appearing in the campfire to yeah. him as like a force ghost. Almost, yeah, yeah. He goes like, <laughs> he goes, I, I need you to love one another and I need you to support one another. Mm-hmm. And he goes, my sons, yep. I love you all. And it's like, you're like, oh my God, I'm going to cry in a Ninja Turtles movie. But <laughs> it's like, that's that love is how Christ is shown in John 13. Yes. And that... So sometimes I think of Christians' intentions, good intentions, but when they go out not unified, when they when their father is still an earthly father, or still even sometimes like a 
satanic sensual father, mm-hmm. that stuff is foiled. And that stuff has no power. Yeah. And like the witness to Christ is is it isn't there and the lampstand of their witness is removed or something like yeah. that. And but when people are unified, when everybody knows they know I I don't like Christians, I hate the way they are, you know, I hate their traditional blah 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 or whatever, but I know those guys love me. Yeah. That's the power to really point people to Christ compared to all these sects of Christianity fighting yeah, and for sure. arguing and all that over over secondary and treasury issues. Yeah, stupid stuff. Yeah. Stupid I, th- stuff. I think you're so you're exposing some layers that I think that Jesus would have talked about on the road to Emmaus, right? So yeah. like so the love the love of the Father even when we were enemies. Mm. The love of the Father uh still was able to um, have a remnant of people for himself. Yeah. And so that, that part is awesome. Like um, as we were talking about like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and uh, DC and Marvel and stuff like that. um, One, what, what, what DC, what you were saying earlier, what DC is missing, I bet is that proclamation of love for brother yeah and so i think that's where justice league like they try to um they tried to create this conflict but they they never came back they came back for duty but duty duty but they, <laughs> but they never came back for love yeah they that's never came back for love point. they, they never came point. back for brotherhood um it was it was uh to the cause kind of thing. yeah there yeah. was never a, there was never a love for cyborg and aquaman yeah that developed over time sure. where marvel did that marvel did a good job like when gamora died um and so there's another spoiler for you when, <laughs> Sorry. when gamora dies and even black widow there was an expression of love um romantic love between star lord and gamora sure and then um brotherly love yeah. between um um hawkeye hawkeye and black widow and so you had these, you had layers of these expressions of love that made people, I think, I think what, I think God has so designed us that love, love is like not only how the world is able to flesh out what a Christian looks like, mm. it's also hardwired into the DNA structure of human beings. Yeah. That we yeah. need it. We need, we, and we need it in different levels. Like it's, it's not a, it's almost not enough for a human being to just have romantic love with their spouse. They need brotherly affection. They need, they need romantic involvement from their spouse. They need all these different types of love. Um, and I think Marvel does a good job exploring that. It sounds like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles explored that. Yeah, man. Everybody needs to watch it. Everybody. Also check this out. The, the love of a father Mm. and, the because because uh, the Foot Clan had a faulty father, mm-hmm. I would I would probably say like an earthly father that said chase your passions mm-hmm. in the here and now. Yeah, uh, Splinter called them to something higher, and so it was more of a representative of the love of the father and yes. what and what that that expression of of fatherly love looks like. Totally. Um, and once again, I think that's what DC was missing. Yep. Because they bonded over the death of a mother, 
but all the dads were like were weird. Like like Cyborg's dad yeah. basically used him as a science experiment. Yeah. Yeah. Um Alfred is Bruce Wayne's fatherly figure. Yeah. But he's he's a servant. And so you yeah. can never really assume this fatherly connection with him. He kind of, but not really. And Thomas Wayne was supposedly this great guy that died early. And he killed him off. Yep. It, usually when there's a, especially in DC, when there's like a fatherly figure, they kill him off. Yep. And, and then Wonder Woman is is Amazonian. They don't have that. Dude, and that's such a solid point to, with just the difference between Marvel. And not that Marvel's perfect. But, no, not at all. Yeah. <laughs> But when I'm thinking of Civil War, yeah, which I didn't think it was the best movie, but at the end, the fight, it's almost the same as Batman vs. Superman. At the end, the fight, they go, ah, it's over the Sokovia Accords or yep. whatever. Yep. At the end, it's Tony Stark, and he goes, I don't care, he hurt my mom. And it was like, that love, you're just like, yeah, I get that. Yeah. I don't care who your mom is. You get that. Yeah. And in Batman vs. Superman, he's like, well, my mom also has that name. Yeah. And Lex Luthor, I think, capture. I can't even remember the movie. Yeah. yeah. And he's like, and he's like, well, yeah, my mom had a name for a long time. Yeah. Why would you say that? So, so silly. And so, yeah, that heart is missing from that because it's like, it's the the motivation isn't love it's it's revenge yeah vengeance it's like even codependence Ooh, it's like my mom like i i have a weird thing with my mom but uh just because you said the name i'm gonna i don't know i don't know what the idea i don't know what it was but it it didn't work yeah It, it didn't work well and it does in marvel even when it doesn't work well it's still so much better yeah and, and to answer your original question, I think that's what sh- your question was about the darker comics. Mm-hmm. Where's the gospel in these darker comics? Yeah. So in some of them, you see everything is bleak. Mm. But everything is bleak, but people want, desperately want that love to exist, that community to exist. Maybe they're trying to return it to a place when that community or love existed, or maybe they're saying there has to be something good worth be operating in this world for. Mm. And in the ones that I don't like, particularly Garth Ennis type of stuff, um, is like when they're saying, well, everything is bleak, because that's our human experience. And look how look at how we can smear mud on the face of the one thing that you like, which is the people fighting for that good. Yeah. Fighting for love, for for family, for friends and stuff like that. We'll make them bad guys too. Yeah. And I go, Oh, that's not what I was looking for. But it's a critical success with some people. Yeah. So, and and I think where where Disney is going wrong, I, I, this this feels like a Disney bashing. Um, it's okay. He's, <laughs> he's not allowed. They they make they make a lot of money. So, I think um, where Disney 
has been like progressively going wrong. Progressively going wrong <laughs> is um, that that family spirit that's there. They are almost intentionally trying to redefine what a family looks like. Mm. And so mm-hmm. Disney is not just like the Disney Channel, yeah. um, but it's also like Freeform. Um, it's uh, ABC. ABC. And you, and you have all this stuff where they go in and they just kind of, they manipulate that love for family and that love for each other. Instead of, instead of having like a, a brotherly affection that I could have for you, yeah. they would automatically make us gay. Yeah, and there's like there's no there's no uh, existence of just this this form of love that one human being can have for another. It has to be romantic. Like they fit everything into a what when they almost like a love is love is love is romantic love. It can only be romantic yeah. love kind of thing. Love is banging. Love is bang- <laughs> love is banging. That's not in a good way. And I mean, I'm not saying. I wouldn't say that somebody in some type of woke situation doesn't understand love or can't feel love. I wouldn't say that. I'm saying that I'm agreeing with you, I think, in saying that Disney does not portray it well. And it's almost a disservice to those people who are saying, I want to be represented as somebody who needs and wants love. Yeah, because we all do. Yeah, and, and of course yeah, we all do. Definitely, I definitely don't want to come off like all human beings made in the Imago Dei, because every human yeah. being is made in the Imago Dei, yeah. does not need love. God exists as a triune being yeah. and contains love within himself. And yeah. so as he expresses himself as a triune being and he makes man in his image, he makes him with the the capacity and need yeah. for love. Yeah. So I'm not I'm not saying that. However, when it's when we've warped what God meant by yes. comp- uh, definitive definitions, yeah, then we start getting weird. And then we Absolutely. have like Ducktales. So you remember Ducktales? Yeah. They came back out with Ducktales, but made it to where really like, one of the Ducktales has like. Uh, a same-sex relationship in it. No way. Which one? <laughs> it was Dewey. like it was. It was a. Uh, it was Dewey. one of. The, I think it was the female character. The, oh really? The, their parents were were a same-sex couple. Oh, interesting. I'm like, if you, I don't know. Like, it, it, there's there's certain stuff where uh, DC is intentionally dark uh, for drama for drama's sake. Yeah, they're dark. Yeah. Um, it, it's almost like the stuff that Disney is touching is is dark unintention. It's becoming dark unintentionally. Yeah, because they're because they're removing certain stuff that, like the the first Captain America came out. Yeah, and he was um, he came from a time period that the the value of culture was different. The morals mm-hmm. and values of culture were different, and then they they I think they did a good job of it. Though I think it was to the character's detriment. As he lived in the present, his character got darker mm. and and kind of lost his morals over time. Mm. And like, if you look at the progression of Captain America from um, that first Captain America to like Civil War and beyond, 
his character, he even stopped wearing the red, white, and blue and yeah. went for the black suit. Yeah. Like it, and, and it was kind of like a character change of his attitudes and morals over time. And, um, yeah, I mean, we, I, I think that's the, the danger of living in a world where, um, I don't, I don't think Captain America was in a community. Like the person he was most in community with was Black Widow and she's an assassin. And so there was never really, yeah. I, th- I think that's the danger of like not living in community. Like yeah. when, when we're not living in community and we commune with people who don't have the same values as us. Yeah. Nine times out of 10, we won't affect them, but they will affect us. Yes. Exactly. And, and I think you saw that with Captain America. Um, I think you saw the, it sounds like you saw the opposite of that with Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, I where Casey Jones came in from the outside and could have joined that foot gang very easily. Yeah, but actually had influence from the turtles and with Splinter, and had more of a, a familial love that he gravitated toward because he, of, because of the depth of the love that Splinter had for the turtles and the turtles had for each other. Yeah, he couldn't he couldn't resist being a part of that. Mm-hmm. He saw, and he was fighting crime right before that. Yeah, and so he knew that he didn't like that lifestyle. Right, but. He saw true love, genuine gratitude within this community, and he goes, well, of course that's the one I want to join. It just made sense to him. And I think that's, like, the coolest thing about it. I mean, and this was, like, this was a movie that a lot of parents were saying, like, this movie should be banned in our state because it's promoting. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, you're not even even watching it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, would you say that's a failure of people not thinking, not looking at the world from a Christ-like perspective? Yeah, I think it's a failure to find those things because I think there's understand those. Things. I think there's a difference between looking at the world through a conservative perspective mm-hmm. versus a Christ-like perspective. Absolutely. There's so I, I think you can. I think you can like uh, so NWA back in the day. When the congressmen were like, "This is garbage." Yeah, Tipper Gore and PMRC let's, and all of that. Let's burn it. Let's burn all these CDs and yeah. drive over them with a steamroller and Stupid. stuff like that. Dumb. As opposed to uh, even even in that NWA where you got the "F the Police" mm-hmm. song, even looking at it like, "Oh snap, there's a problem in their community, and maybe I should love my neighbor as I love myself, the way Christ told me to." and figure out what's going on in their community. Maybe I could help. I think I think there's a difference between burn their albums and yeah. and let me love them. So so the Jews would look at a Samaritan and say, ill yucky. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, hoity toity nineties white folks were looking at NWA and saying, ill yucky. Let's burn their stuff. Let's Absolutely. let's not commune with them. They're they're the other. Think about easy yeah who was like always had the goofy stuff you know what i mean it was like hard but it was like kind of like little jerry silly. curlish yeah uh, yeah and he was just like jerry curls were popping back in the 80s he was just like i can't see any lyrics that i can think <laughs> of right now but behind it especially when like him and dre were going at it and yeah. he did that what was that not paper game no it was paper games they, they had this beef. Yeah, and Cube came back with no Vaseline. Yeah, yeah. all those things. Yeah. And 
And behind the funny stuff and behind the violent stuff and behind the all of the like derogatory things is like a person desperately saying like, I feel like I've been betrayed by my friends. Yeah. I want my friends. Yeah. I want it to go back to the way. And like, how can we see that? How can we connect that and say, um, Ooh, you can connect it to Christ. Absolutely. And sure. you could, if you had access, you could go to easy and you could say, man, I mean, <laughs> you could say, man, I hear you're hurting. Yeah. I hear you hurting. And maybe if you were a good friend, he would listen to you and he, and you would say, dude, like I hear you wanting all these things and proud of all these accomplishments, but maybe what you really want is this. And I, I believe it's not my responsibility to make that something that manipulates or, or convinces somebody. I believe that's the Holy Spirit's responsibility. It's my job to just say it. No doubt. And the Holy Spirit will, will do that for me. And so like when it comes to um, being a part of community, like that's the beautiful thing is like there's messed up people yeah. in the midst of a community. We're all messed up in a little way, yeah. but it's the love is like the important part that's keeping it, that's creating the unity that's keeping it together. But it's also like, necessary for that community to be effective yes in winning the rest of the world yes, over absolutely. and i have to say i just as we started talking about this i just realized um there is no african-american representation that i can remember in the teenage mutant Ninja Turtles movie. <laughs> but maybe that's because the turtles are representing oh gosh that kind the of other. underground yeah kept out there was no black folks stuff. but there were green folks so. Yeah, so maybe that's what that is. But um, the the guy who did Elmo, you know, uh, okay, he's he's like a black guy. I think he's gay, too. What? I'm not even kidding. Okay. He's the guy who did Splinter, so figure that out. Oh. I don't know. Okay. So that's not really representation, totally but different voices. it exists. But either way, yeah, very different. <laughs> um, but um, I so just, I understand. I just got Elmo if I'm, as, a, as, <laughs> as a turtle. Oh my gosh. I understand when people say, that being said, I don't really understand. I'm trying to understand as a token white person who who has enough privilege that I can't honestly understand anybody's worldview except mm. this, this, you know, except the middle class gave you. thing. Um, I can understand why people would say, I'm me and I want to see more people like me. Yeah. And I can understand why somebody who's trans would say that or gay would say that or whatever. Somebody who had two dads or two moms or whatever. I understand that. But the presence of an underlying love and unity Behind that is, I think, what's important to me. Because mm-hmm. we watched Buzz Lightyear, and I didn't care that, that I was like, oh, that was it? That's what people were freaking out about? Give me a break. But um, <laughs> the communication of, like, the love. When I watch something with my son, I want to be able to say, hey, like, here's how we see Jesus in this. Here's how we see not Jesus in this. Mm-hmm. And, like, here's where we are in the middle of this weird Venn diagram. And uh, it's... Like, I think that's the important thing. So, like, there can be representation. 
Absolutely. Yeah. And there can even be like stuff that Christians would say, oh, we yeah, can't yeah, have that's that on too much TV. For me, yeah. Because that's the, that's where Jesus would be hanging right. out, exactly. practically. Yeah. Um, but without love, it's like a clang gong. It's like a I think that's somewhere somewhere. in the, yeah, yeah. In the Ninja Turtles movie. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's definitely not in the Bible. <laughs> um, yeah, absolutely. And, um, it's it's an I think it's an it's unfortunate that um, so when um, I, I would say like when when black folks were going through the civil rights rights struggle a lot of the stuff was different we didn't have the the media the way we do now mm-hmm. we, didn't, we didn't have um, quite so many people that were willing to um, go out in the streets and have. I mean, there was there was a lot of folks from a lot of different races that would, yeah. But it wasn't like it is today, yeah. And um, and definitely like those communities didn't have access to Hollywood the way they do today. So yeah, if you look at a movie like The Eternals, mm-hmm. that you know they had a pretty prominent gay figure in there, and it was like it was like whatever. It's it's not my cup of tea of what I want to look at. The thing that bothered me most about that movie, other than like the weak sauce way that they try to tie it back into the MCU. Yeah. Was the sex scene on the beach. Uh, that was disturbing. That was like, I'm watching it with dudes in a theater. I'm like, why are we doing this in a Marvel yeah. movie right now? What's the, how did that propel the story? I don't, I don't know, but, but that's the darkness I'm talking about too. So like, yeah. when, when, when you get to a certain point, when you're outside of the, the design of what God has, um, you just kind of open the door to to whatever's clever, and yeah. uh, any anything can get in under the banner of representation. So, true. The the folks on the beach as they as they're you know playing horizontal hokey pokey. There's some people that look at that and say, well, finally, Marvel really explored what a romantic relationship looks like in that context. Um, Seems. I, Real scratchy. It was, it was screwy to me. <laughs> Screw scratchy. <laughs> See what I did there. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it was it was it was so far out of context that it didn't. It it almost seemed like that was their moment, and and yeah, there was yeah, almost yeah. no, there wasn't any legitimate storytelling in Eternals. Yeah, that really propelled the MCU forward. Yeah. They just they just wanted to get that scene in those yes. those few scenes those Absolutely. characters no scenes that's what that was their purpose of that movie almost it, it seemed like um, Shang Chi mm-hmm. there wasn't good storytelling it was a, it was the perfect opportunity to bring in Iron Fist yeah yeah they could have brought Iron Fist in and brought in the TV series and movies and like tied them all together. tied it all together and it was well that one that one was a different beef because there there was almost like no struggle for him like yeah as soon good. as as soon as he got the rings he knew how to use them yeah he already knew how to fight and there was there was there was no character development for Shang Chi yeah I don't know I I'm not. Like I said, I'm not familiar with the comics, so I don't know what they were trying to do with him. Um, I hear what you're saying. The Last Jedi, for me... Ugh. Sorry. There's like a couple moments where I'm like, yeah. I'm like, okay. 
And then I'm just like, wait, what are we doing? And then it's over and I go, what just happened? And all of it was like, and they even had the line in there. There was a good line, but it was just completely out of place where the girl saves Finn and he's going to blow up the thing by running a spaceship into it. Mm-hmm. Apparently you can do that now. And Oh, the... Uh the um, when they're playing hide and seek through hyperspace. No, no, not that. The oh, not the last Jedi. What's the other one that sucks so bad? <laughs> All the worst them. one. The, the the middle one. Eight. It was eight. That's when they were playing uh, hopscotch. Yeah, not that. They were. He. Starship it was the hopscotch. end of the movie. They're on this like red velvet. The the planet made of red velvet cake. Luke Skywalker showed up as a ghost. Yeah. And fake faked out Kylo yeah. Ren. And yeah. Finn's doing the thing, and he's like, I'm going to sacrifice myself. Ugh, yeah. And Rose is her name. She comes, and she goes, swipes him. Nope, you're not. And she goes, it's I'm, not, we're not going to live, win this war through fighting. We're going to win it through love or something like that. Agree with it. Good point. That was stupid. What you did doesn't make sense. He all. was motivated by love when he was doing this. Exactly. You're, this is poor writing, and it's just because, well, we have to have... Uh, female figure save a male figure which I'm not I'm okay with that just do it well yeah and like that whole movie it was so ham-fisted in that everything they did they were like look what we're doing <laughs> this is in your this is yeah, the yeah. Star Wars we're used to check out our vision it's the same thing I have problems with with movies where they go something that's already been uh, established as having a fan base yeah Let's try it our way for yeah. once. It's like, we always try it your stupid way, and it always sucks. Yeah. And that did, and that whole movie, so yep. they go, oh, well, you know, Captain Holdo was very heroic because she did that new Holdo maneuver and completely changed the uh, physics of the entire universe. But good, that's cool. I don't mind that. But she went out like a punk, and... Then Leia slaps Poe, and Poe's trying to, and I'm just like, it's Mary and they go to the, and the Mary Poppins, Ugh. and they go to the casino planet, and yeah. a fat lady sings, yeah. and I'm just like, what is happening in this? And all of it, and people tell me, they go, I, Sean, I don't think you really were paying attention. Like, you don't understand what Rian or Ryan Johnson was trying to do. I really don't. And I go, it was mad. I, I do. Yeah, I don't. I get it. I, I don't, don't like it. Yeah, I, I get it, and it was stupid. It didn't work. Yeah. And it was the point of redefining Star Wars? If yeah, so, he a, did a great job. Is Star Wars, does Star Wars support kind of a patriarchal, sexist, chauvinistic uh, outlook? The films? Maybe a little bit. No. Maybe a little bit. You would say so? I mean... I think there's a lot of reality in it, but you have Han Solo, who's this smart-ass scoundrel guy, winning over uh, Princess Leia, who, although she's an intelligent female, she can't deal with his... Strongest character in the movie, though. No, absolutely. I I don't disagree, but if you watch that and you're saying, like, did this this really, like, show... (laughs) show like a a decent representation of females it's like no there was only two and they didn't like each other and 
There was Leia and Mothma. Mon Mothma. They didn't like each other? They gave each other the look. Did they? Yeah. Okay. And and okay. and that was it, right? Okay. And I get it. Okay. And the only black guy in the universe is a, betrays everybody and stuff like that. So there's like a lot of problems with that. But good in the cape, though. But he was oh man, Billy D. Billy D. No, man. she was good. I'm just saying. I, he's my still my favorite character. Yeah. But I understand why people have a problem with that. So correcting that, I guess so. That's maybe you could say you should correct that. Overcorrecting that is a massive mistake. I think so. I guess it, it boils down to like, what are you correcting? Are you yeah. correcting a structure that's been in place since the dawn of time? Like, men are not. So, no woman wants a punk. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. It's no, no it's woman realistic. wants a chunk. And so, from, from episode seven to episode eight, uh, Poe Poe was a chump, mm. and he and he became like a like a whatever character. Yeah, uh, Finn they threw away. That that was that was so for for them to care so much about um, about diversity. Yeah, they made Finn like the worst character. Yes, absolutely. Through, I agree. Through all three of those movies, he was the worst. I like, agree. Um, and then they brought Billy D back. Who was supposed to be like the cool, so arguably the coolest person in the universe for Star <laughs> yeah, Wars. I agree. They brought him back and made the creepy grandpa that was trying to sexually assault the young Which lady. Which was very weird. It was choice. very weird. It was so it was like, what do we do? Like we're that's so what I mean. Do you ball? Do you ball up what is and just splatter it against the wall? Which is what Episode Eight felt like. Mm-hmm. Or do you keep what is? So, like, you don't you don't bring everybody else down to raise these up. Exactly. You keep these up and bring everybody else up. Exactly. And, and I don't think they did that. Like, they, it's almost like they intentionally made Finn a punk. Yep. They intentionally made Poe a punk. They definitely did Luke dirty. They definitely did Luke dirty. So, Ray, I was did, excited about they Ray. They did Lando dirty. I'm like, cool. Another Force user. Yep. I want to hear, is she related? Is she not? I want to yeah, know about Ray. Exciting. Ray's cool. Yeah. I like her story. I like her music. Absolutely. I like that uh, she's raised in the desert. I feel that. Yeah, she's got a little theme. <laughs> and uh, it's good. It's good music. It's John Williams. Um, and then the start of that Rain Johnson movie, he throws a lightsaber and he goes, hey, guess what, everybody? I want you to focus on Ray and how important she is. Yeah. Instead of making her cool, let's just ruin my character. Yeah. Yeah. You know yeah. What I mean? Yeah. Let's ruin all the characters. Yeah. Everybody. Even even like so you took Han Solo and granted like people get old and they start to slow down and stuff like that. But so here's okay. We're <laughs> we've severely switched sub, switched subjects, but. Um, Disney taking the expanded universe and tossing it yeah. was the worst mistake they could have Absolutely. made. Absolutely. All of those stories had already been fleshed out. Oh my um, gosh. And you want to talk about love. You want to talk about like love happening in the midst of darkness. Y'all got to check out the expanded universe before Disney ruined it. Yeah. Um, Timothy Zahn. Oh my gosh. Was the it, was, it, was so, it, was, it was so much content. 
Yeah. Um, and like dark times will happen. So they had, they did Thrawn. Yeah. And that was Thrawn. a dark time, but they got through it through the, the, the familial bond of, of that group. So you had uh, Han, Leia, and Luke, and Chewie. Like you had that familial bond. Then they start having kids. Yeah. And the familial bond expanded. So then yeah. you had like Mara Jade marrying Luke. And yeah. You had uh, Lando getting married, and he had kids. Um, you had uh, Chewie had kids. Yeah. And so you had you had this expansion of love from the main characters, and as whew, as their love grew, the threats to the galaxy got more intense. Mm. So by the time they got to um, the later books. Um, the Yuzong Vong came into the galaxy yeah. and were wrecking they shop. were wrecking shop. Yeah, like they were they were terraforming planets. They were um, the Jedi had like no answer for it. Mm-hmm. I want to say they released some kind of like mind control thing for the Jedi that mm-hmm. they were going through some kind of sickness or something like that. And the Jedi were like yeah. attacking each other. It was it was intense, and and even through all that. Everybody still had this level of love for each other mm. where it was able to overcome these things. And so even even as Jason and Janna were, because um, they they became light side, dark side in the story, even between them there was this this, this love, like this yeah. familiar love. Like, yeah, i gotta, I got to kill you, but I'm going to be the one to do it. I'm, yeah, I have to be the one. So i yeah. got to travel to Mandalore and, yeah. and figure all these things out. And... Um, Love, love is honestly the determining factor. I, I think I love think is the determining right. factor for the success of Star Wars. I think it was the, the, the determining factor for the success of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Mm-hmm. I think it's the downfall of DC because mm-hmm. they don't they don't explore it, um, and I think it's becoming the downfall of Marvel because they've they've left it. They've started to. They've started to leave started it. To. I think when it comes to like. The dark times, or even the even the non-traditional times, or the times when the the narrative leaves God's plan for human life, mm-hmm. right? Like we're talking here about you know Buzz Lightyear lesbian representation, yeah. But think about the Book of Judges, Oof. the Kings, and I the Chronicles, yeah. Lamentations, yeah. uh, that period of exile, um, the crucifixion, the 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 march to the crucifixion, mm. uh, even afterward, like or I don't know, somewhere in the the sequels, somewhere in phase three of the New Testament, of the, new- <laughs> <laughs> um, the the dark periods where the all the apostles are being murdered, yeah, um, yeah, and then even the story of the church, like. There's definitely dark times, and like it does no good to like try to hide it or pretend it doesn't exist. Which is the success of the Bible. But it's the con, it's the contrast, right, right, for the the story. There's right. this entire ooh. huge story, right? Ooh, ooh. Yeah, and yeah. There's this contrast, and so like, like you're saying with with in Star Wars, some of the darker parts, or even in Marvel, some of the darker parts. It's like, yes, things got wicked dark during at the end of infinity war yeah 
end of Infinity War and beginning of Endgame, I was like, oh my gosh, it's you bad. guys. It's bleak. The snap was I brutal. Almost, I cried, man. Absolutely. It was brutal. Hawkeye and his family. Yeah, was like, that was oh. rough. Spider-Man uh, snuffed out. That, yeah. was, that was rough. Oh my gosh, yeah. He's that like, oh, it feels so good. Yeah. I was like, me neither. <laughs> Don't make me cry. And, and, dude, and all of that, and I remember feeling that. I go, dude, that was intense. Yeah. And the reason I'm excited is because I truly believe in the ability of love to conquer within the Avengers, even as things are believed. I do not believe that with the Justice League. Mm. When the Justice League comes up against whoever it is, um, I can't even remember who it was in the Justice League. Oh, it was uh, Steppenwolf, right? Steppenwolf, yeah. Um, they come up against them and things are dark. I go, I don't really care. It was dark before because these none of these guys are like good guys and yeah. everybody's a dirtbag. Yeah. And even the even Barry Allen, who's like the nicest guy, something about him, I'm just like, you stole that role from the CW guy. <laughs> like, I don't trust you. And Even the one love story between uh, Lois and Clark is still... Like Still not, it's, it's it's not there wasn't a lot of chemistry. Yeah, it doesn't feel deep. It feels yes. like uh, what? So even more so, like I've always I'm, I've always gravitated toward um, fathers loving their sons. Mm, yeah. So the fact that uh, DC um, loves killing off fathers, mm-hmm. it, it makes me not gravitate toward it. Especially mm-hmm. like John Kent, like yeah. John Kent loving Clark is like. Yeah, it's 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 what makes him the difference between Superman and uh, um, what's the one where they turned Superman like he didn't run into the Kents. Oh yeah, the Red Sun or Bizarro maybe. No, it was um, Bright Brightburn or something like that. Oh yeah, Brightburn. Brightburn. Yeah, that movie. Yeah. Um, the the Superman love of the father. The love of the father is the difference. Yeah. Between Superman turning into. Like the Man of Steel and, yeah. and rescuing people, or burning the whole thing down in complete anarchy. Absolutely, and um, yeah, I think it's something that DC doesn't do well. I think it's something that Marvel is starting to explore a little bit. I think to their detriment. Like mm-hmm. I, I don't think this current phase of, of Marvel is doing well uh, because of because of the love thing. Yeah, that I think you're talking about. I agree with that, and. Um, and it sounds like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles will go down as one of the, the can't, best can't beat it. movies. It's definitely the best Turtles movie. The best Turtle movie of all time. I hope you watch it. I, I probably will. I will lend it to you. <laughs> I'll probably I have just it look on it VHS up. and DVD. <laughs> I will have to try to find my VHS <laughs> okay. to watch it. But we're going to wrap that up probably for good. now. <laughs> uh, this was a long episode, but it was a fun one. I'm glad you guys stuck in with us, man. It... Um, I think what we landed on is um, as Jesus was walking the road to Emmaus, one of the things that he was probably explaining to them was times are going to get dark, but if you guys continue in love with each other, Mm -hmm. um, the contrast of the love of the Father and the love that you have for each other will overcome the the coming evil. Yes. Um, And I think that theme carries out throughout the New Testament. Yes. Um, and I think it continues on through the day. And it sounds like it's the success of movies as we have them now when, when they explore that. And um, 
it's the success that we have in our lives when we concentrate on it, that even though times get bleak, they get dark. Um, if we have love for one another, if we continue to love the father, if we continue to look toward the son uh, and the grace that he provides and uh, the spirit of God that seals us, then come what may, uh, God is going to be glorified and, and we'll still be okay. Yeah. So that is our episode for today. Can I close it out with Please. one last thing? So not only close it out with one last thing, tell them where they can find you because Sean, oh, is, shoot. Sean is not only uh, a, a very famous podcaster. Yes. Sean has kind of acted as my pastor Aww. for the past couple years because uh, your boy went through some dark times mm. and Sean was there to like make sure I didn't fall off the edge. And mm. so, man, I've loved you and I appreciated you. Between you Thanks, and Seth, man. man, you guys have been brothers to me. So um, tell them where they could find you. Tell them where they could find your other works that you're in the process. Yeah, please uh, look for, you can find my first novella. It's called Anadonia and the Orion Sound. You can probably spell that wrong and still find it. <laughs> um, it's a small book. It's always bought with... Shay's book is it really Chronicles of Being a Bridge, and it's always bought with our friend Seth's book, The Noble Villains. So if you find one of those, you'll all find it. them all. Yeah, I've got another book coming out soon called uh, Astrophilia and the Anger Doxers, and I am eventually going to publish a book of poems. One of which has a haiku about Batman versus Superman and how nice. bad it was. Um, so please look for those and. Maybe one day I really can be rich and do that for a living. <laughs> and then I can put more books out faster if you like them, I hope, whoever's watching this. And I just wanted to leave you with this, something a wise man has said, that forgiveness is divine, but never pay full price for a late pizza. <laughs> Yo, that is our episode. Thank y'all so much for coming through. Uh, as always, please make sure to like, share, and subscribe if you're, if you're watching on YouTube, if you're over on the podcast. Man, thank you for your love. Keep telling folks about it. Keep sharing the link, and we will keep this thing going. But until next time, yo, I love y'all, and I uh, hope you're doing well. Hit me up if you need me. Grace and peace. <laughs>